What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Stephen Bardo, coming at you. I'm going to do something today I haven't done. I'm going to combine the flying and line I break down and Bardo's breakdown. I think you guys can handle it. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, it's Siberia right now in Chicago, uh, as it should be, right? We've had a mild winter. February comes in. It's usually freezing in Chicago, so no change. So it's all good. Uh, I'm not complaining. It is what it is, right? Siberia, baby. Good to see you guys. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I had fun, as usual. I have fun all the time because I love what I do, calling these college basketball games and if not the best conference, one of the best conferences in the country, in the Big Ten. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about this flying line of, uh, breakdown. I'll give my thoughts on the game over the weekend, the win, the 10-point win, 61-51 at Wisconsin by the Illini. Uh, that was one of the most offensively inept first halves I've seen in a long time. That was the lowest point total of a Big Ten conference game this season uh, combined by two teams in the first half. And yet there were still some exciting plays to kind of break down and illustrate. Um, I really think Dane Danger, I think he needs to get the ball more. He is really gifted on the block. He can shoot these left-hand floaters from 8 to 10 feet. He can right-hand hooks, left-hand hooks. The young man is talented. And to me, if he's not getting double-teamed, he needs to get the ball more. Um, he's not selfish. He can pass out the double team, but he looked great. Matthew Meyer, my goodness. He's, he scores so easily. Um, I think he was nine of 19 from the field. He had a career high 26, man. He scores, he gets it easy. And you know what? He's going to take some bad shots, but with a guy like that, you, you, you allow that he and Terrence Shannon, I don't mind two or three bad shots a game. Cause they can do some, they can do some unique things that no one else on that roster can do. Matthew Meyer was outstanding and he doesn't even, it doesn't look like he's breaking a sweat doing it. And I had the opportunity to talk to him after the game. I interviewed him uh, for Fox after the game and he, and he said something that was interesting. I said, have you been on a team like this uh, that had so many weapons? He said, yes, my Baylor team, had we had so many different ways we could go, he said, but this Illinois team is similar and that we can attack you a lot of different ways. We can get after you defensively. He also said that Brad Underwood has changed the defenses and offensive looks so many times this season that it's taken them this long to get comfortable and get into their roles. So I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was very insightful of Matthew, and I appreciate him sharing that on television with us. So uh, Jay Nepps, he just, he scores when given the opportunity. He's not turning the ball over. Chucky Hepburn got after him a couple times, tried to make him cough it up. He was strong with the rock. He's making the simple play. He's getting the thing I like about him. I believe he did it three times in the Wisconsin game. He gets the ball late in the shot clock. And you'll see a lot of players try to emulate NBA guys. Jay Nepps is old school where he catches the ball. He tries to find a way to get downhill. He's putting pressure on the defense. 
Now, he'll shoot a quick three if he has to with the shot clock running down. But a lot of times, he'll get it with maybe under five seconds. And he's able to, to somehow get his defender off balance or straight line drive to the bucket. And he's a really good finisher. We all know that he was a prolific scorer in high school. And he's brought that to this level. He's really playing well. Uh, you guys have heard me say this before. These freshmen in the Big Ten are an outstanding group of freshmen. Jaden Epps, Illinois. Connery Seijan, who did not have a good game because he was trying to guard Matthew Meyer, and I think it got into his legs a little bit. He did not shoot the ball well, but he's been he's been really good. Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer of, of Purdue, really good. Jalen Huchifino is a Big Ten player of the week. He's starting to become a superstar. Malik Renew had a big game against Ohio State, 15 points, nine, 15 points, eight rebounds. He's coming. Jed Howard has been one of the best uh, freshmen in the league. Bryce Sensenbaugh uh, at Ohio State has probably been the best freshman in the Big Ten. Derek Simpson at Rutgers is playing extremely well. Um, I'm missing anybody. Uh, I, li- I like a feral Payne at Minnesota. I like his size. I like his athleticism. Um, there- there's just a bunch of freshmen that have really had an impact, a positive impact on this year. And it's uh, Jackson Kohler at Michigan State is starting to come on as well. So let's get into this scouting report uh, on Nebraska. The Huskers are a team that have been decimated with injuries to key personnel. Jawan Gary is out with a, uh, I think he has a torn labrum. It's a very painful injury. He went out a couple weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago. And then Emmanuel Bandumel went out with a knee injury. I think he had a torn ACL. He, that was a week or a week and a half ago. So those are really two guys that were very versatile. They did a lot of things on, on both ends of the floor. They could kind of go get their own shot. They were, they could, go against bigger opponents. So they gave Nebraska a lot of versatility on both ends of the floor. They're gone due to injury for the season. And so uh, the Huskers are reeling a little bit. They've lost six of their last eight. Their last win was against Ohio State at Pinnacle Bank Arena at home. So they're reeling a little bit. And they're having to plug in guys who would be support players. And now they have to kind of step up and score. And, you know, to try to do that in the middle of the Big Ten Conference slate is, is more than a notion. Uh, Derek Walker Jr., I love the guy. I think he's a six-year senior, but he he scores on angles. He's an excellent passer. He can handle the basketball, high basketball IQ, and the brother's got a trucking company. He's in college with a trucking company. So these young players um, in this day and age, I really appreciate their entrepreneurial spirit. And it tells you a lot about that young man that he's able to start an enterprise like that while finishing up his degree work at Nebraska and being one of the top players in the conference, in my opinion. Uh, He's been excellent. Sam Greasel has been really good. He's been bothered by a hip flexor injury off and on this season, Uh, but he's been really good. I didn't know if his game would transfer from North Dakota State to the Big Ten. Uh, Yes, it has. He's done very well. And Kese Tominaga is a three-point shooting specialist. He didn't shoot the ball really well in their loss, their last game against Maryland, but he can catch fire if you're not 
staying at home on him. So those are the key personnel that will have to really have monster games if they want to upset or have a chance to upset the Illini and State Farm Center tomorrow. And by the way, I'll be on that call on Big Ten Network. Um, The Huskers double-team the post every time and scramble defensively. So I don't know that Dane Danger will get a lot of looks because he's going to get double-teamed every time he touches the basketball. Anybody that runs into the post, Nebraska's pretty much going to double-team. That's just been their M.O. They scramble out of it really hard and try to recover out of the post. Uh, They had success with it early in the year, but with those guys, Bandamel and Gary going out, it's really difficult for them to to maintain that defensive intensity because they don't have the athletes that can back that are coming in now um, that can do the same thing that they can. The Huskers will try to limit tempo and try to limit the possessions in the game just just to be able to stay in the game. And they just don't have the bodies right now to compete with the upper echelon of the Big Ten like Illinois. So they'll be game. They'll play hard. And Fred Hoiberg loves this crew. He loved them even more when Gary and Bandamel were healthy because uh, it gave themselves – it gave them a shot to be competitive each and every night. That slipped away a little bit with those injuries, but they'll still play hard. On the Illini side, uh, Matthew Meyer, career high. Dane Danger, four or six from the field and nine rebounds, and Jaden Epps, 12 points, and was 50% from the field. Limited turnovers, got the ball where it needed to go. They were outstanding. And R.J. Melendez, man, he put Carter Gilmore and Connery Seijan on a a poster in a key stretch in the second half. Outstanding play. And I like that those guys are starting to come into it. Terrence Shannon's going to be there. He's confident. He's going to get a lot of the shots. Coleman Hawkins is so talented, he can find a way to score. He can get his points. Um, But these guys, Meyer, Danger, Epps, now it gives the Illini so many different ways to attack teams that uh, they're really coming into their own. Illini's defense has been more consistent. You know, Brad Underwood told me two or three weeks ago that he thought Terrence Shannon was one of the best perimeter defenders in the conference. And we hear about the defenders at Rutgers who are worthy. Uh, McConnell, Mulcahy, uh, Cam Spencer, who's one of the leaders in steals in the conference. Um, I think Ethan Morton will probably get defensive player of the year just because he's on the number one team in the nation. And he's a hell of a defender at six, seven, great size, really. um, He's passionate about the defensive end of the floor. Um, but Shannon was really good on Chucky Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn's been struggling a little bit. He his it was a one year anniversary last week of his good friend uh, being shot and killed in Omaha, Nebraska. So he was going through a funk, as 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 expected. Anybody that would be in that scenario would would feel the same way. Uh, but Shannon Shannon made life very difficult on Chucky Hepburn and his defense has matched his offensive output. And he's going to have to do the same against Sam Greasel. Greasel's a different animal now, about the same size as Shannon. So Shannon may not be able to really force Greasel where he wants him to go because Greasel's about 220, 225, six, seven, big, big point guard. So that's going to be a fantastic matchup to see those two kind of go at it. And I think that if, if, 
Terrence can maintain his focus on the defensive end, he can make things a little bit more difficult for Greasel. The Illini have won six of their last seven games. They lead the Big Ten in blocks, and they can wear the Huskers down with their tempo and depth if they're locked in and ready to go. If if the Illini just don't come out flat and they respect this opponent in the Nebraska Huskers, I think they can get the tempo to where they like it. I think they can really dominate on the offensive glass, and I think that their depth can really get – can kind of wear down Nebraska – for a best-case scenario uh, for the Illini. On the other side, for the Huskers, they have to shoot lights out and hope that uh, Derek Walker Jr. and Sam Greasel have career nights. If those two can you know, really get up in the mid to high 20s, maybe 30s, that gives them a chance because that means that the Illini defense is breaking down a little bit. Uh, they're having success maybe in some half-court looks Maybe the liner have some live ball turnovers that allow them to get out on the fast break and get some easy looks before the Illini defense gets set up. And maybe Tommy Naga gets hot from three. But if that does not happen, if, if the Huskers don't have a career game from one of those guys, it's going to be very difficult for them to have success on the road in State Farm Center tomorrow. So those are my thoughts on the fi- flying Illini breakdown. Um, let me get this here. Hey, you can get Flying Illini Tumblr. It's got the 89 Flying Illini logo, Bartle Breakdown logo on the other side, environmentally friendly, dishwasher safe, um, and really good. I got some water in here. It's been a dry January for me, so I haven't had anything to drink, but, and I don't miss it. I feel great. Um, it's a great concept, a dry January. If you guys didn't try it, try a dry February because it's the shortest month of the year. It might help you <laughs> that it's a little bit shorter than January, but make sure you uh, grab one of these. I've had a couple tribe members get them. They posted their pictures. They seem to really like them. Don't miss out. Uh, go to shopcustomizeit.com. Shop with a K, customizeit.com to get your flying in line at Tumblr. All right. Let's switch over now to Bartle's breakdown. Let's talk a little. Let's go a little bit wider on the Big Ten scene. The Boilers, Boilermakers are unanimous number one pick in the country. Every vote that was possible for first for the number one pick, Purdue received it this week, and they should. They won eight straight, and they've got an interesting week where Penn State, unless Penn State hits 18 threes, it's going to be difficult for Penn State to be really competitive, in my opinion, against Purdue. Purdue just too sound defensively. Um, they're really coming into their own. David Jenkins, Mason Gillis are starting to find their rhythm. So that gives Purdue even more depth. Caleb First has been outstanding off the bench. Trey Kaufman Wren has had his his times where he's been effective. And Zach Eadie's the best player in the country. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, I got a very good question today that I want to go into a little bit. Can Zach Eady play in the NBA? And so, guys, when I look at college players and their transition to the NBA level, I try to find a player that is similar to them that has had success at that level. And when I look at Zach Eady at 7'4", 290 pounds, he moves good for the college game. 
The NBA game is a totally different animal. Those dudes are freak athletes. Like Io Desumu told Brad Underwood that on TV, Luka Doncic looks slow. He ain't slow. He's about 6'8", 240, 245, and can move. And so if you picture Luka Doncic in the way how easy he moves and how he uses his body, and then look at a guy like Bol Bol, the seven foot two uh, forward for the Orlando Magic. This kid can shoot threes. He can put it on the deck. He can cross you over. He spins in and out of the post. He can run the floor. Can Zach Eady keep up with Bol Bol? Can Zach Eady keep up with um, Nikola Jokic? Can he keep up with Jokic? Do you think Zach Eady could guard Joel Embiid in the post? Those are the type of questions that I ask myself when I ask, can Zach Eady's game transfer to the NBA? Now, in spot duty on the offensive end, I think he could. In spot minutes, not, not long, but I think, you know, a four, three or four minute stretch here or there on the offensive end. Yes. But on the defensive end, he, he, he would get exposed unless the team that drafted him or the team that he was playing with was able to play zone for that period of time that he's in the game. If they can't play zone and he's got to come out and guard somebody on the perimeter, that's the only thing where I, I don't see his game matching up with the NBA. His offensive game, because of his size, um, in spot minutes, I think that he could be effective. I really do. Uh, I'm not sure if the NBA teams would double team him as much because they've got some footers and some guys that could maybe bang with him a little bit and be more athletic and front him and three quarter him in the post. Um, because you know, he, he could, he could pick you apart if you double team him. So I think offensively his game and spot minutes would fit better. But defensively, I think he'd get exposed if he had to play man-to-man defense on the perimeter, okay? I hope that answered uh, that gentleman's question. Um, I should have written his name down, but thank you for that question. I hope that answered uh, adequately. And it got me to thinking, can Trace Jackson Davis play in the NBA? Now, before this season, I would have said no. Because I didn't, I didn't see enough versatility in his game, but Trace keeps doing this with his game, and Mike Woodson says that he works his tail off. He had twenty four and twenty one the other day. He's had, you saw what he did against the Illini, thirty five points. He had um, against Northwestern, he had twenty six and twenty four. Uh, he had thirty and. 24 rebounds. I mean, he, he's putting up video game numbers. And the thing is, he's he's worked on his handle all, se- all, all offseason. So if you'll notice, sometimes he'll get off the break and start the fast break. His handles are much improved. His passing ability is obvious. He can really, really pass the basketball. And I've seen him get switched off on perimeter players, and he sits down and defends. So I think athletically, Trace Jackson Davis – will have a shot to play in the NBA. He's got, obviously he's got to get to the right system where they can utilize his strengths and his athleticism, but he can run the floor. He can defend, he can pass. Now his jump shot may not be one that 
is as consistent as I'd like to see it. But that that's 500 to 1,000 jumpers in the gym per day. I think that he can improve that. I think Trace Jackson Davis has a chance of playing the NBA. If you think about a Montrez Harrell, uh, Kenneth Fareed type, an energy guy off the bench, crashing the glass, running the floor, defending like his hair's on fire, Trace Jackson Davis can do that. So I think I think his prospects at the NBA are a little bit better than Zach Eady. That's that's my opinion. I've I've been wrong a lot before, but that's kind of how I see it because I can see prototypes of what Trace Jackson Davis is at the NBA level a little bit more than I can see a prototype that's similar to Zach Eady. Taking nothing away from the best player in the country because that's exactly what Zach Eady is. He's the best player in college basketball, but he'd have to really get to the right system and they'd have to really learn how to u- utilize his skill sets in spot minutes and in, in short bursts, in my opinion. Big 10 players of the week this week, Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis are co-Big 10 players of the week for their monster games and their continued dominance. TJD is starting to push for Big 10 player of the year. I thought Zach Eady was going to be a runaway candidate, but uh, Indiana's won five straight. Trace Jackson, I think they're in third place. Trace Jackson Davis is his his numbers are, are starting to get comparable to Zach Eady's. And then Jalen Huchafino, I believe this is his fifth Big Ten freshman of the year. He and Bryce Sensenbaugh seem to alternate as Big Ten freshman of the week. He had another outstanding week. I believe he averaged 15 points per game in Indiana's wins. Rutgers loses at Iowa. The Hawkeyes sweep the Scarlet Knights this, this season. They go out to Rutgers earlier in the conference play and get a 12-point victory, and they come back last night. I was able to watch this one at Iowa. Rutgers had 18 turnovers, and they just looked out of sync right from the big beginning of the game, and I think the Hawkeyes had something to do with that. Cliff Amorier really is dominant against certain teams in the Big Ten, but Iowa seems to do a great job of defending him on the post. And I thought Rutgers was uh, clearly the second-best team in the Big Ten, but, boy, they did not look good last night. And they're in a third-place tie, a half game behind the Northwestern Wildcats. Rutgers, Indiana, and Illinois are all 6-4, and four, a half game behind uh, Northwestern. But last night at Iowa, Cliff Amore, I believe, got in foul. He, he was in a little bit of foul trouble. He wasn't bad. Six of nine from the field. He had 15 points and eight rebounds. He had four turnovers. And he got in some foul trouble. So he wasn't bad, but he wasn't his dominant self. And Rutgers had five players in double figures, but they allowed 93 points. You're not going to win any Big Ten games if you allow your opponent to shoot 12 or 24 from three-point line Iowa was 29 of 34 from the free throw line. That was the game right there. Rutgers was 10 of 14. Iowa was 29 of 34. And so where I was thinking that Rutgers was really starting to establish themselves as the second best team in the Big Ten, they don't seem to match up with Iowa very well. So kudos to Iowa for that big victory. The aforementioned Northwestern Wildcats are in sole possession 
of second place in the Big Ten. I think they benefited from that COVID pause. They had to reschedule two games. I think it, it was allowed them to kind of catch their breath, heal their bodies a little bit, maybe reset, and then come back out, and they've been really good. I mean, when you look at it, they've won um, five of their last seven games. Chase uh, Chase Aldige and Boo Bowie, I'm not sure there's a better backcourt right now in the Big Ten. They're, they're playing great. Robbie Barron is playing well. Ty Berry had a career high early the, uh, last week. He, he had 25 points. Um, if Northwestern can get a third score behind Audige and Bowie, they're going to be tough because they're one of the best defensive teams, probably second to Rutgers overall defensively. Rutgers wasn't a good defensive team last night, but over the course of the Big Ten slate, Rutgers has been an outstanding Big Ten uh, defensive team. Northwestern has been outstanding as well maybe even more consistent in terms of scoring defense than Rutgers. And the Hoosiers, remember when the Indiana Hoosier fan base was ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater after that loss at Penn State? The Hoosiers have rallied and won five in a row. And, man, I told you guys about Malik Renew. When he starts to come on, he starts to get consistent, and Ray Thompson even – isn't even healthy yet, but he's starting to get healthy. Man, Indiana's got some depth. They got everything. Point guard play with Jalen Huchifino. We're not even talking about Xavier Johnson. He's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be back in mid to late February. So that's going to be a conundrum. I don't know how Mike Woodson's going to work that out. Maybe bring Xavier off the bench and spot minutes until maybe they get some rhythm and, and chemistry together, but I can't see taking Jalen Huchifino out of the lineup right now. He's playing too well. So you got Trace Jackson Davis, who's battling Zach Eady for player of the year in the conference. Um, All-American. Malik Renew, who's starting to come on. Race Thompson, who's all-glue guy, who's getting healthy. Um, Tamar Bates is shooting the three better. Uh, Geronimo's been kind of inconsistent. Um, Galloway has been shooting the three. Miller Cobb can get hot. I mean, Indiana's looking good, y'all. So that will do it for my portion of, of it now. Oh, my. I got a ton of people on here today. Y'all got something to say. Andrew Icefeld, what's good, man? Howdy on road coming back from Chicago. Be safe because it's, it's, it's cold. Um, Shiberry outside. I was about to say something stupid. Let me watch my mouth. <laughs> Tommy Elam, I think they need to feed the big man inside more. Danger has real possibility of being a beast inside. I agree, Tommy. Oh, before I forget, if you want to join the tribe, which is the inner circle of Bartles Breakdown, text me to 312-847-2739. Like, share, and comment on this video. It really helps the growth of the channels that this is on and share it with people that you think would enjoy this type of uh, banter. Cause with the flying Illini breakdowns, I go really in depth on the big 10. And then, you know, with Bartles breakdown, we talk a lot more uh, overall about um, the big 10 play. So I, Tommy, I totally agree. Um, 
six to eight attempts for Dane to me is not enough. But when the Illini are spreading the sugar, sharing the sugar, uh, when you have a career high with Meyer the other day, he's going to get the majority of shots, and as he should. And Epps played well, was in double figures. And Melendez is getting his confidence up. So I'd like to see him get more attempts, but we'll see. What's up, Michael Hogue? Good to see you. Michael Hogue joined the tribe. Thank you, Michael. Um, appreciate you. Glad to have you aboard. Thomas Dagley, tribe member. Dane has great moves. Yes, he does. The dancing bear. And you know what? You know when he does something good because Dane runs back and he holds his he holds his hands, he holds his fists to his chest, and he kind of trots back. I'm like, this big fella got some style about him. I like Dane. He's got a he's got some style, he's got some flair. You notice, like, my son has dreads like him, and that stuff is intricate. And how he does it, he's got different styles, and he gets it twisted differently. You know, he's you know, he's fashion forward. He's fashion conscious. You know, his shoe game is tight. And when he makes a, a heck of a move, watch him against Nebraska. You know, he'll, he'll trot back, you know, and have his arms kind of tight and have his fist up to his chest like he, he's feeling himself. So big fella doing his thing. William Stevens, uh, Steve Steverson, Steverson, Steverson. Apologize if I'm not um, pronouncing your name correctly. If, if this is your first time, welcome to Bartles Breakdown. Um, please like, share, and comment. And two rules, be polite. We're, we're always polite. We're never mean. And come strong to the whole. Don't bring that weak stuff in here. Because the tribe, uh, tribe has strong opinions, and this is a – very knowledgeable group of people. So welcome, William. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you, and thank you for the compliment. Knoxville, Tennessee in the house. Ooh, ooh, the Tennessee Volunteers, ladies and gentlemen, they are for real. Number two AP right now. I believe they are number one defensive efficiency team in the country. Is this Rick Barnes's year to get the Vols past the Sweet 16 level? We'll see. They've got the team to do it. CDNIU, good to see you on here. Wisconsin game was ugly, but a win is a win. Typical game against Wisconsin is never a pretty game to watch. It was fun for me. Guys, man, I got a chance to work, work with Jason Benetti again. I'm going to work with him in Iowa versus Illinois this weekend, Saturday. So I've got I've got uh, Nebraska, Illinois tomorrow on Big Ten Network. I've got um, Villanova at Marquette tomorrow. Man, I'm getting my games mixed up. Let me make <laughs> I get I try to go one day at a time, y'all. Villanova and Marquette tomorrow. Uh Wednesday, excuse me. Nebraska, Illinois on Big Ten Network tomorrow. Villanova at Marquette on FS1 on Wednesday. And I've got Illinois at Iowa on Saturday. You know, I love that game. <clears throat> but working with Jason Benetti, voice of the White Sox, uh, one of the main college basketball analysts for uh, Fox Sports, great guy. Love him to death. We have a, a great time working together. He, We had a lot of fun in spite of that um, Picasso of the first half of Illinois, Wisconsin. Greg Boysaw, ILL. Um, he's talking about Dane Danger. No doubt about it. What's up, Connor Clark? Connor Clark, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a future voice. Look out for him. He's going to be a future play-by-play -play announcer. Uh, on the network, he's got a voice from 
from heaven. He's got a James Earl Jones sound, this deep, rich, full sound. And he's a senior at Nebraska right now. Uh, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before Meyer got going. He and Shannon Jr. can be scary. Hope you're well. Thank you, Connor. Good to see you. Um, Connor, uh, put your link to your show uh, in here so people can follow you. I want I want people to show you some love because uh, Connor's got some game, y'all. I'm telling you, on the broadcast side. Hey, William, how you doing today? Do you think Illinois, uh, Tennessee is going to be number one seed? Yes. I think Tennessee, unless something drastically – Drastic happens to them in the SEC. Tennessee's for real. Um, got to go to Cole Center for the first time. Great atmosphere and great Illini win. Jamie McDowell. Yeah, the Cole Center is a, a really cool place. And can you believe it's been open for 25 years? I couldn't believe that. I was like, really? It's been open that long? I think since uh, 98. And uh, Sean Mason, a friend of mine who was a former Wisconsin great was um, honored before the game because he scored the first points in the Cole center when he was a Wisconsin Badger. So I thought that was pretty cool. He brought his eight, uh, his small fry basketball team with him. So I got a chance to take some pictures with them and talk to them after the game. That was really cool. So Jamie, I'm glad you got a chance to go up there. It's a really, really cool venue. Lyle Clark, Indiana kid that killed us. Uh, Oh, Lyle. You, you may be talking about Connery Seijin. Is that who you're talking about that got out of the state of Indiana? I think the ones would be Purdue, Tennessee, Alabama, Arizona, UCLA. That's, that's pretty good. Houston, uh, don't forget the Houston Cougars now. Houston Cougars would be in the running for a number one seed as well. Um, which conference is the big dog this year? Right now, according to Ken Palm, it's the Big 12, but the Big 10 is right behind them. The SEC is really good in terms of Ken Palm ratings. Um, but it's it's Big 12, and then big, the close behind is Big 10. Uh, let's see. Let me get somebody else. Rick Monroe, love the avatar. What's your view on Melendez shooting woes? Hey, Rick. Thanks for joining. I think this is your first time. If it is, welcome to Bartles Breakdown. Uh, RJ Melendez is going to be fine because when he's aggressive like he was on that dunk, believe me, he got recognition from his, his teammates. He got a lot of love. I think RJ is a sensitive kid. Not kid. Young man. He's a sensitive young man. And I think a lot of times he gets inside of his head. And so that play could really propel him moving forward. He showed some unusual um, emotion. When Wisconsin had to call a timeout, he, you know, he grit his teeth, he pumped his fist, his teammates were giving him love. I think that can spark um a resurgence for his shooting ability. So I think I think we'll see him be a lot better. And maybe Nebraska could be a good game because their wings aren't very big. They're they're a little bit smaller with uh Bandamel and Gary out with injury he may be able to take advantage of some of his size advantage with uh, some of the Nebraska players. And especially the way that Nebraska is going to double team the post. He can be opposite of the post and maybe get some kickouts and, and swing around the perimeter that he can get some open looks without being pressured. That might get him going, but good, good question there, Rick. And uh, thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. Connor Clark says Nebraska would try and make it slow, ugly, low-scoring game. Illinois had no problem 
with that at PBA, however. And he's talking about Pinnacle Bank Arena, the home of the Nebraska Huskers, one of the best venues in the Big Ten. It's a really, really nice place. Monty uh, Broughton, the Illini need to gel from the get-go any game now. I would say every game. I agree with you, Monty. Thanks for tuning in. Carol Popoquette, great job on it. Illini, Wisconsin game. Thank you, Carol. I may be wrong right now. I'm sorry if I am, but I love it when you say, I, I see you, big fella. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my go-to calls. Thank you, Carol. Carol's a tribe member. If you want to join the tribe, text me, 312-847-2739. Or if you want to join the email list, I had a ton of you join the email list. Thank you so much, and I hope you get a lot out of it. I try to put some special sauce in the email list that I don't necessarily share on Bartle's breakdown. So to give you all, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, if you like the text situation, if you like the email list situation, good. Because get on those because the flying line I breakdown and Bartle's breakdown is going to have a new home. I'm, I'm throwing a tease out there. It's going to have a new home soon. Okay. So make sure you join either the text at 312-847-2739 or join the email list, stephenbardo.com backslash college dash basketball dash newsletter. That's stephenbardo.com backslash college dash basketball dash newsletter. Hope to see you guys joining. All right, let me get back to it. Um, Hey, Melissa, how you doing? Good to see you again. Thanks for joining. Thoughts on Purdue-Michigan State game? Do you think it would it would get that ugly? <clears throat> Excuse me. Edie making a case for nat- National Player of the Year. Yep. Purdue has a way of making teams look ugly, Melissa. They're so sound defensively. They were really good last year offensively. I think they may have been – I don't know – I. I was going to say they might have been better offensively last year. They were a juggernaut last year offensively. But defensively, they weren't nearly as good as they are this year. And so when you have a team that's so good on both ends of the floor, it wears you down. So when you go and make a mistake and they go down and score, then you go down and miss a three and they go down and take their time, get it to Edie. Edie goes with the jump hook. Then you go down and you're rushing because they're up in you and they're Purdue can – really guard you closely. They don't have to give you space on the perimeter to keep you from penetration because they got the big fella cleaning it up on the glass. So they can really get kneecap to kneecap, really make you uncomfortable and close your personal space and force you to drive. And you drive right into that middle where Zach Eady, Caleb first, even Trey Kaufman Wren are sitting there waiting for you. So Michigan state, Jay Nakins didn't have a great game. He wasn't on. And if you're not hitting your three-point shots against Purdue, it's going to be a long night. So that's kind of what happened, I think, to Michigan State. Oh, I got a – I'm just texting uh, my my baby boy. I'm I'm a little sad today, y'all. I had to – had to, my youngest son, Landon, is taking an opportunity. He's going to be an assistant to a movie director on a movie set in Los Angeles. So that's uh, half of my pride and joy. <laughs> Stephen Paul, my oldest is pride and Landon is joy. And so my joy left today. So 
I'm a little sad. So bear with me. Um, let's see. Bob, what's going on? Northwestern has been so far under the radar. How good are they? I mean, we're halfway between the Big Ten Conference, uh, Bob, and Northwestern's legit. They got a win over Illinois. They got a win at Michigan State. Um, they got pounded by Ohio State. That was a head scratcher. Ohio State was really ready to play. They were playing better at that time. Um, they've got wins over Wisconsin and Minnesota, but now the the, the schedule we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about Wisconsin coming up. I mean Northwestern coming up. They got to go to Iowa tomorrow. They play Michigan later on. I think I believe that's Thursday, and they got to go to Wisconsin on Sunday. Then they got to go to Ohio State. They got Purdue at home. They got Indiana at home. They got Iowa at home. Then they got to go to Illinois at Maryland. They got Penn State at home, and they end the season at Rutgers. I got that game. So we'll find out really quickly. I think they're for real. Sole possession of second place. But we're going to find out really quickly if Northwestern can sustain this momentum that they have right now being in sole possession of second place in the Big Ten Conference. One of of the reasons being everyone else has played at least 10 games and they've only played nine. So they're going to catch up this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But, Bob, great question. Um, you know, they're putting it together. Hoop, baller, scoop, what's good? What's going on into Indiana, man? They, they're such a different team. You know what? You tip your hat to Mike Woodson. Because after that Penn State game, they were dejected. I saw Xavier Johnson in, in the hallway afterwards. I put my arm around Miller Cop. These guys were dejected. But when they were at shoot-around at the Illinois game, I was like, man, these dudes look upbeat. And they look confident. And and you saw what they did against Illinois. Now, Illinois was coming off a brutal stretch. They were tired. They were worn down. But Indiana, there's no excuse in that Indiana win at Illinois. That's one of the better, more impressive wins of the season. And then they've carried it on. So Indiana's for real. You tip you 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 congratulate them for the, the way that they've been able to turn around their season. And they've all they were the preseason conference favorites. So it's not like they weren't capable. They're just starting to put it together. Um thank you, Facebook user. I appreciate you. Captain Fletcher, what's up, Captain Tribe member? Danger flat out bald. He keeps that up. This will be a different team. No doubt about it. RJ needs to take it to the hoop more. He did it this a lot last year. Yes, but this year shooting more threes. My opinion, he is more of a slasher taking it hard than a three-point shooter. You got a point there, Carol, because he did that very well last year. Rick Monroe seems to agree with you. He thinks Melendez needs more minutes. What's up, Samuel Hicks? When Wisconsin went 14-2 to run, I feel like the Illini were selling for threes and got away from the inside game out. That game they led and wasn't doing a good job feeding the big that run. Okay. Um, Ron Ron Charles, I think Zach Eady will play in the NBA, but he would be a solid role player. He can score, but defense would be a problem. Okay. That's a great – see, that's what I'm saying. I'm giving you – I was only giving you my opinion. That's why I love you guys on this platform because you all have informed – um, 
opinions as well with the knowledge that you know. And so Ron Ron Charles thinks that uh, Zach E is going to be an NBA player. I think it's got to, it's going to be situational. I think he's going to, he's got to get to the right situation. Uh, I definitely think he's going to get an opportunity. It's not like an NBA team's not going to bring him into camp. They're going to bring him into camp. And uh, the amount of improvement that Zach has made year to year, he could definitely do it. I just think it needs to be in the right situation. But thank you, Ron Ron. Appreciate that. Edie needs a jumper in order to have sustained success in the NBA. Well said, Connor. Um, Bardo, you're rave a lot about Michigan State. They're okay team, but they don't have a star player. They all seem like role players. Hate to say, say, see them in an early exit. Okay. Here's the thing, Ron. Ron, Ron. Ohio State or Michigan State has been in a tough, they've been in a tough stream, right? They they haven't been able to put things together. They've alternated wins and losses in their last four games. So they're they're two and four in their last game, uh six. But they were at Illinois. They played uh Purdue, who was number three at the time. They played Rutgers, who they've beaten at home. They were number th- 23 at the time. They went to Indiana, who was starting the ball. They beat Iowa at home, who Iowa's playing well, and then they lost at at Purdue. So there's no shame in that. It's a tough stretch in their schedule, um, in my opinion. So I think Michigan State's going to be just fine. They're 6-5. and They are two games in the loss column behind Northwestern for second. I think Michigan State is a little bit better than people give them credit for. And their experience once they get outside of the Big Ten, I think they're I, they they could be a second weekend team depending on who they draw and what seating they get in the tournament. Um, okay, you guys seem to think Edie will be on a roster. That's good. So maybe be on a team practicing for two to three years. Hey, I. You know what? Mr. Jackson can can make someone's roster. Yep. So they think uh, Trace Jackson Davis can. Let's see. Thomas Dagley, what outside game does TDG have? Outside shot? No. Well, you know, Thomas, to me, that's the easiest thing to improve, believe it or not. Because when you're not going to college classes and you got time to really work on your game, Mike Woodson, who was in the NBA for over 30 years, said that the young man has an NBA work ethic. He thinks Trace Jackson Davis can play in the NBA. I'm not going to go against Mike Woodson. I think I think that he can play up there. Jack Howard, how you doing? Good to see you. What does Illinois need to do differently to be competitive against Indiana next time? Be ready to play, not be on a, a not be on the end of a 19 day brutal stretch. They just you know sometimes that happens. I think if if Indiana had a ooh four-day rest coming into that game. So they got rested. Then they were able to really practice hard and reset what they were trying to do. They were ready for the Illini. And I think that Brad Underwood learned a lesson. I think that they'll double-team Trace Jackson Davis more than they tried to against him in that game. I think their their approach, if they are better rested, may have worked. It just didn't work. They just didn't have the juice in their legs. Indiana took it to them. Trace Jackson Davis was determined in that game. 
it didn't work. But I think next time around, I think you'll see a different approach by the Illini against Indiana. And they won't see Indiana again for the rest of the regular season. They may very well see them in the Big Ten Conference Tournament like they did last year where Indiana beat them, which got the Hoosiers pretty much in the NCAA Tournament. So if they do match up again, I think you'll, you you may see a different approach by the Illini, uh, in particular how they guard Trace Jackson Davis. Mm. Illini legend of the night. What is Tony Weisinger up to? Tony Weisinger is a, the head coach at Illinois Central College in Peoria. I believe they're a Division II junior uh, community college level. He's been the head coach there, ooh, 12 years, 13 years at least. I think he was the assistant before that, and he's been the head coach for 13 seasons, does does a fantastic job. And Tony is a man of faith, and he really prides himself on trying to help develop young men and get them to the next stage in life. So outstanding gentleman. Tony was my, my roommate on the road. Uh, when I was a freshman, he taught me a lot. Um, loved the guy. And so he's doing quite well. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that question and bringing, bringing up the line of legends every show. I appreciate you. Uh, Matthew may, I think you set a record for most play by play partners in a season. Is that difficult? Do you have chemistry? With most of, most of them. Great question, Matthew. Um, I do have chemistry with, obviously, Kevin Kugler, Brandon Gordon, Lisa Byington. Uh, I've worked with Jason Benetti in years past. Um, uh, Jeff Levering, I've worked with over the years. Uh, Corey Provis, I've worked with a lot over the years. Um, I've worked with Wayne Randazzo, Jason Horowitz. Tim Brando. I haven't worked with Tim in a couple of years, but I've worked with Tim on a, on a, eh, you know, I've worked with Tim probably four or five times. I've worked with Gus Johnson a few times and haven't worked with Spiro Ditas. I'd love to work with Spiro Ditas. He, he's a great listen. I really enjoy listening to him. I'd love to work with him at some point. And I can't think, and, and I, I love working with Jason Benetti. Love it. He's fun, he's knowledgeable, and he's a he's um he's a very perceptive guy, and I think that's what makes him so good as a White Sox voice of the White Sox. I mean, anybody that can go toe to toe with Bill Walton is is really good at what he does. Great question, Matthew. Thank you, Janetta Johnson. What's with the Michigan? What's with Michigan's team? I just wonder. Can they get on a little run, maybe five wins in a row? What is Michigan lacking, Mr. Bardo? Jeanette, a good question. Michigan has been hit by the injury bug. Um, when they lost Jalen Llewellyn, they lost a very sure-handed older point guard with size. He gave them a lot of versatility. And so Doug McDaniel has done a, a pretty good job of filling in as a freshman. He's diminutive and undersized. So sometimes I think he gets taken advantage of. Um from the from a size standpoint, but the kids got heart. Michigan is they've only won two of their last seven games. 
So they they've hit a bit of a, a rut. Um, but it's think about it. They they've gone to Michigan State, they've gone to Iowa, which are two losses. They beat a, the second place Northwestern team at home. They go on the road, lose at Maryland. Maryland's a tough place to play. They win at home against Minnesota. They they lose against Purdue by five, which is nothing terrible. And then they go to Penn State and get the, their doors beat off of them. So that's not a, a, a great loss. But Jet Howard has had to overcome a, a severe ankle injury. Um, and they're really, really young. Kobe Bufkin is still, you know, kind of in a new role as a starter. Uh, Joey Baker's a transfer, but he's kind of a streaky shooter. Hunter Dickinson has been pretty consistent, but he's going to see uh, double, sometimes triple teams almost every night. Um, uh, Terrace Reed Jr., I like a lot. He's a freshman. So those guys are kind of inconsistent. So they're a younger team. You know, the upperclassmen, you got you to gotta remember, ladies and gentlemen, Michigan lost not one but two players, two top 25 players to the G League at night. So if imagine if they had two of the best freshmen in the country on that team right now in addition to what they have, that team would look a lot different. And if Jalen Llewellyn doesn't go down with an ACL tear, Michigan's one of the best teams in the Big Ten. So they've had a little bit of bad luck. Um, but if I know Jawan Howard – They'll get into the Big Ten Conference Tournament and they may have work to do and they will do it. I'd be surprised if they don't make the NCAA Tournament this year. I think they're definitely tournament worthy. They've got to find their way, though, down the stretch. William Bryant, good to see you in Springfield. We love Illini. Okay. Man, man. Let's see what man, man is talking about. Oh no, man, man, that's not a shock. <laughs> there's, there's not a shock that Matt Painter may be the best, best coach in the Big Ten. I think Purdue is the second winningest team in the Big Ten in the last four years behind Illinois. So there's no, yeah, that that's not a surprise. Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach, but his numbers over the last four years haven't been good as Matt Painter's. So no, there's uh uh-uh. uh, that's not a that might be an unpopular pick to some that don't know the game. But if you ask people within within the media with within the the coaches staff and the media that cover the league, that's not a surprise. So that's you know that's that's a that's a good take, man, man. Uh, Jack Gar T S J drop down help defense. Okay, not sure exactly what that is. Brian K. Hurd, what's up, Brian? Good to see you. Illinois in the past three years, they were 15 and 5 at the 20 game mark. This year, 14 and 6 with before the last win. They're trending up. No doubt about it, Brian. That's that's savvy of you to point that out because they're very similar to the way they've been over the last couple of years when they were most considered the best team in the Big Ten Conference. Great, great point, Brian. Good to see you. Um Bardo, you and Jimmy Dykes are two of the best young announcers. I love how y'all call the games and have your own styles. Wesley, the check is in the mail, brother. I appreciate you. Um, I'll be 55 in April, and Jimmy Dykes is older than me. So if, if that's still considered young, you are my main man, 100 grand. Thank you, bro. Jimmy Dykes is uh, actually, he might be my favorite analyst. 
I really, really like him. I know him personally. He's been helpful for me in my career when I was at ESPN. And you're exactly right. He keeps his dialect. He keeps his style. He's had coaching experience, and he utilizes both his playing and coaching experience. So uh, big ups on that, Wesley. Great call. What's your take on Robbie Hummel being one of the best analysts? <laughs> he is. Robbie, uh, I, I think I'm the best in the business. Um, but if I were to take myself out of, out of that conversation, Robbie Hummel's right there. Robbie is considered by the Big Ten Network to be our best analyst. And I, there's no, I, I'm good with that. There's no shame in that because it's a subjective thing. And so the bosses at Big Ten Network think that he's the best. I'm cool because I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm great at what I do. And so is Robbie. So if he's not the best, he's certainly, in my opinion, and not just in the Big Ten, Robbie Nashley is probably top three right now. I think that highly of him. And I think people that listen to him call games even outside the Big Ten because he does a lot of stuff for ESPN. Um Robbie's top three in the business. He's really, really good. He's great, really. So yeah, I that's how I, that's what I think of Robbie. Um, let me get somebody else. What's up, Simeon Fuller? Good to see you. Uh Gary uh Robertson. Love the call in the sweet Melendez dunk. Yeah, I got excited about that one, Gary. That that was man, that was sweet. And he he needed it, and it was a key portion of the game, so it was easy to get hyped on it. So I was loving it. Um, let me get to somebody else here before we close close it out. Have you heard any news on Sky Clark's returning this season? Line I seem to be playing better without him. Uh, I have not, Robert. Good to see you. Robert is a college classmate of mine, ILL. I have not heard anything on him. I doubt that he's going to come back. Um and I'm not sure the Illini would want him back, honestly, based on how well they're playing. So I think you're right there. Um, Ryan Fico. Thank you, Ryan. Cute avatar there. That must be your little one. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I, I, I certainly will. Is this going to be the year the Big Ten teams don't choke in the tournament? Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, thanks for tuning in. Uh, not sure. We'll see. Um, I think the Illini have the talent and uh, they don't look like a typical big 10 team. They look a little bit different with the athleticism, the length and the size and the depth and the way that Jaden Epps is playing point guard position. Sincere Harris can come in and be a defensive stopper. Ty Rogers can come in and do be the Jack of all trades, the glue guy, the Illini Purdue, Michigan State and Rutgers, in my opinion, I think can have a chance to get to the second weekend, depending on who they draw. Um, Lyle Clark, good point. Coaches should be applauded. No doubt about it. Um, what's the biggest thing the Illini needs to look for when they play Iowa this Saturday? I'll come back with a flying Illini breakdown for that game in specifically probably on for Friday. So look for that on Friday. Okay. Uh, what's up, Ken? You hear coaches say we had a good practice. I had a bad one. 
what constitutes a good or bad practice? Um, Ken, where the guys are locked into what they're doing. Sometimes guys' minds are gone. Their girlfriends or boyfriends, whatever their their tendencies are. Um, sometimes romantic relationships can affect the way players respond in practice. Sometimes a classroom situation, a bad grade, an interaction with a, a professor, whether positive or negative, can have a, an effect on players. Um, some infighting. There might be infighting with players on the team. There might be some bad blood between a couple players on the team. Uh, a lot of different factors that go into whether there's a good practice or a bad practice. And so that's why these coaches get paid the money they get paid because they have to do a lot of conjoling, a lot of building up, instilling confidence, challenging guys, uh, you know, putting a guy in a doghouse and getting after him to try to bring out the best of them. So there's a lot to it, but very good question. Maybe I'll make a video on that and break down, you know, what constitutes a good practice compared to what constitutes a bad practice. And I'll get quotes from some of the big 10 coaches. Uh, I'll do, I may, I'll try to make that as a project. Great question, Ken. Thank you for that. What's up, Pooh? Steven, how was it playing with the Pistons with Grant Hill, Allen Houston? And yes, Joe Dumars was my man. Pop said you hit a clutch jumper versus Washington at the Palace. Yeah, I, I had a, a coffee breaker. I had a half season with the Pistons, and that was a very talented team. Lindsey Hunter, Grant Hill, Joe Dumars, Allen Houston, Terry Mills, Mark Macon, um, uh, Otis Thorpe. Eric Lechner. Did I say Mark Macon? I think I did. That was a talented team. And I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you for bringing back some pretty good memories. Uh, let me get somebody that's talking about. Mm, wow, you guys are fired up today. Do you ever get to do any NCAA tournament games since they are not on Fox? I will be on Westwood one. I did the first four, which was fantastic last season. Rutgers was in that. Uh, Indiana was in the first four. Um, Wyoming was in there. Uh, Wright state Bryant. And I'm missing a couple teams, but that was fantastic. I'm hoping to get more games than the first four. I'm hoping to get a first and second round matchup at some regional. So I'll keep you posted. But yes, I'll be on the radio calling some of those uh, NCAA games. So thank you for that. Donovan Lang, tribe member from Singapore. Looking good, Bardo. Who you got cutting down the nets? Ooh, great question, Donovan. Right now, if I had to choose... Might be UCLA. Could be Houston. I'm scared about Tennessee because I'm just going to be honest. Rick Barnes hasn't had a great track record in the NCAA tournament. Um, but Tennessee is rough and rugged. They definitely have the makings of a, of a national championship team. Ah, 
Purdue scares me a little bit. They're freshman guards. I've seen Maryland give them problems. So I, 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 I'm a little reluctant to put Purdue in that category. Illinois has the talent, but can they be consistent enough? If I were to pick two teams right now, I'd probably say UCLA and Houston would be my choices. Um, <laughs> you're right, Michael Hogue. Hog. I may, Mike, I hope I'm not pronouncing your name right. Michael Hogg. Thank you, man. You've, you've been great since you joined. He's been very, very active. Where did Mike Mark Macon not have as a great NBA? He was a lead at Temple. Yeah, Mark just, um, that's a good question. Mark's game, maybe he just didn't get to the right system for his particular game because Mark could sit down and defend with the best of them. He didn't have a, a great jump shot, and he wasn't as athletic as some of the other guards at the point guard position. So maybe that held him back. But that's a great question. Hey, Jordan, thank you. Um, the best way to slow Edie down is to hope to give him food poisoning before the game. I'm just playing. I would never wish that on him. The best way is to have a team like Illinois who has size and depth that can run different people at him. Maryland gave him problems in the second half. The way that the Maryland Terrapins were able to kind of run people and double team him. I thought Rutgers did a fantastic job when they end up upsetting uh, Purdue at, at Mackey Arena. Rutgers has the personnel to try to run different guys. Cliff, Cliff Amore is big enough to bang with him one-on-one -on -one and keep him from getting really deep in the post. So those are teams that can maybe give Edie a run for his money and slow him down a little bit. You're not going to stop him, um, but you can slow him down. All right, guys, it looks like that's going to do it. For this edition of Bartles Breakdown, you guys are great. I appreciate you and all your comments and all the love. Um, Hogue. Okay, Michael. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> he said we arrived in the Final Four. I don't know if we arrived. I think we got beat by a pretty good Michigan team. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, once again, if you want to join the text group, that the tribe 312-847-2739 or if you want to join the email list stephenbardo.com backslash college dash basketball dash newsletter join one of those two ladies and gentlemen because this show is going to change real soon okay i'm i keep putting it out there so you guys join so you don't miss any of this action thank you so much you guys for joining uh i really appreciate your time your knowledge, and your patience with me. Uh, it does not go unappreciated. Love you all. Have a great rest of your week. It's going to be another great week of fighting Illini and Big Ten basketball. Until next time, holla, y'all. <laughs>